Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, baby. It is time. The time that we have been waiting for since the end of the Super Bowl. The time that gets analyzed and overanalyzed and analyzed and analyzed to the umpteenth degree. It is finally time for it to happen. And the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here to give you our final and stamp of approval, guaranteed, 100% guaranteed to happen on draft day lock mock draft. We are here to give it to you. And I am here, Tim, of course, with Jason. What up, Jay? What up? Uh, this is going to be our last pot ever because we're all going to put $5 on this exact mock draft and win $5 billion based on the Boom. insane odds. And then Boom. I, why are we only going to place a $5 bet? I feel like it's less fishy. <laughs> so, and that, that laugh you hear coming there is the... I like to... I don't know if this is a, an official nickname. It's an official nickname from me, in, in just in my case. The Rookie Encyclopedia. The man who is just an encyclopedia of rookie knowledge, knowledge in general, but rookie knowledge in particular we're talking about today. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the head writer and director of content of Brodo Fantasy, the fantasy app, and BrotoFantasy.com, Matt Ward. What's good, Matt? It's always good, man. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I This is probably going to be the last mock draft that I do before... Uh the actual draft as well and i'm Ooh. i'm just i'm way too pumped up about thursday and and yeah yeah so hopefully uh this one pans out and we don't look like complete fools but there's going to be a lot of variance anyway so i'm excited to see what happens there's so much rookie content that has pumped through the brodo system we have a twitter uh it's really e- easy to find on a twitter thread that we have on uh, Twitter. Go check it out. Every single rookie article that had been written. Um, so many profiles. Matt has four rounds worth of a mock draft of a of a dynasty startup. So he basically goes through every single offensive rookie. And literally uh, profiles IDP. If you, if you play it with defensive players, IDP profiles. Honestly, every single thing you need is on that thread. And you could find it. On the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is our baby. It is our pride and joy. It is the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. And right now it is free. It's free, people. And you know, when I tell I tell people, hey, Brodo Fantasy has an app, people just think, oh, it's, it's an app where I'm gonna get these guys' opinions. No, it's not just that. It has every single tool you need to form your own opinions. You don't even gotta listen to us. Come over to the app. And you get every single stat you need. You get exclusive stats. You get usage percentage. You get you get every single thing you could possibly think of in terms of stats right there. And you can get them all on its cool interactive player card. Like the Brodo Fantasy app is the only tool you need. And I'm not just saying that because we created it. It's literally the only tool that I use for fantasy. Honestly. The tagline for the app that I use in my head is be your own expert. I like that. It's be not your an own... official tagline yet. I like be your own expert. But maybe it will be. That's true. <laughs> I, I like that too. I, I've been playing around with four, cre- four, not four creators, but to create by creators. Something like that. Create, creation, that's something, something of that nature. I think that's what you're saying. We're workshopping. Yeah, we're workshopping. I think, they, <laughs> I think that you're onto something there, man, because one of the things that I find 
kind of comedic in and of itself and is like how much I see bigger analysts or quote unquote big name analysts just share proto screenshots of like the rushing yards over expected model or, or you know the defensive matchup models and it's just like that's that's our stuff <laughs> like yeah. so yeah it, it's definitely you know become your own expert with proto for sure facts facts and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to make it uh, reachable for everyone so if that's something that interests you um go check that out and it's absolutely free and the reason why it's free is because of the people over at patreon.com slash broto fantasy that support the show Thank you so much for supporting the show. You guys are honestly the lifeblood of this whole operation. This is, we, you know, when we first started and we were just a podcast, we only did um, the year and then we would take, you know, six months off and we wouldn't talk about it at all. And then, and then um, we would come back and, you know, the fans still came back. And those fans that came back, some of them now are patrons and we've built a community just like that. And uh, it's been so special since then because of the connection that we've had with our fans and with the people, I don't even want to call them fans, like with our, with our listeners and people who support us, our supporters. Um, and uh, we thank you because you support us. And if you want to be part of that community, please head over to, to uh, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Today is a special day. Today we have our mock draft, baby. We're going to be talking about defensive players too. This is not usually what we do, although you know I am the guru of picking this team defenses. I will tell you, we don't really talk about individual player team defense, individual players that much. So today we're going to be hitting you with some defensive players as well, an actual 32 team mock draft, uh, just like they do it. But before we get started into the draft, I got to ask you guys a question because the way we're going to do this is we're each going to pick uh, one, two, three, uh, just by luck of the draw, that had nothing to do with the fact that I'd be picking twice for the Jets. I'm taking the first pick, uh, Jason's taking the second <laughs> pick, and Matt is taking the third pick. So that's, and then it's going to rotate like that. So, you know, every GM has their own style. Jason is known for get your quarterback. That's Jason's uh, motto. Um, for me, what I'm looking for when I'm drafting uh, is maybe a little different than that. So I want to know everyone's draft strategies what are you trying to build what's what's your strategy going into the draft jason let's start with you since you kind of have your strategy out there into the public already uh and uh and then we'll get into it it's not even necessarily draft your quarterback it's give up on your quarterback if he's not a super bowl contender too many middle range and low range teams uh if you think that a quarterback in this draft can lead you to a super bowl then go get them and if they suck in three years, get rid of them. Enough with this recycling, the same quarterbacks over and over. That's how I would do it if I was an NFL GM. People would probably hate me because I'd I'd probably tank until, not purposely tank, but my team would probably tank until I got me a fucking Andrew Luck as the first pick, and then I'd and then my fans would be very happy. Tank, but not but not purposely tank. AKA purposely tank. Um, yeah. Why would I want Marcus Mariota to lead me to seven wins? Yeah, I agree. Get the fuck out of here, Matt. What's your What's your strategy when if you were if you were an NFL GM, you're trying to build a contender or or the GM that you're going to play today? What What's your strategy in this draft? First, like I totally agree with Jason there, and I think that's going to be a common theme that I might bring up when I'm talking about some of my picks. Is you? It's not the same type of league that it used to be. Uh, you can't just put middling quarterbacks out and expect the best to happen because it won't. Um, so my strategy from the baseline is to build from the trenches, 
build from the trenches up until you have a guaranteed shot at the quarterback prospect that your evaluations and your scout team believe will put you over the top and that you've built a team that has so much firing power and so much structure on both sides of the ball that that quarterback, regardless of if he is really the top prospect that you believe he, him to be can just step into a system and it's, you know, wheels up. Yeah. I like that. So build from the trenches. I like that strategy. Uh, my strategy is sort of similar, like almost a piggyback on that. My strategy is build elite units because I feel like, too many people get lost in the shuffle of between 7 and 11 wins and, like, you know, maybe making it to the playoffs every once in a while because what they do is they go into a draft like, all right, we drafted this good player at, you know, let's say defensive line. All right, now we have a decent defensive line. All right, so now let's go over here and draft an okay cornerback. Okay, now we have a decent secondary. Okay, now let's go over. No, build a fucking monster in one area. Build a monster and then build your team around that. I feel like that's that's every team that contends, in my opinion, has a monster unit, one unit that just can't be fucked with. And it's a lot to to ask to build an entire team like that. Um, like so I'd rather just build a, a monster unit and then build from there. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm I'm going for monster units. That's like the 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 theme of my draft. But. I'm excited to get into this. You guys ready, boys? Always. Yeah. What's the Absolutely. what's the NFL draft song? With the first pick is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's get it started. I am going to go to the podium right now. Representing the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the the great franchise. With legendary quarterbacks like David Garrard. Second. And oh, I will miss oh, oh. Mark Brunel. <laughs> Yo, Roger you Goodell. Roger Goodell popped up. <laughs> hey, 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 play hey, play ball hey. here, YouTube. What's wrong with you? All right. Um I'm going with Chalk. I'm sorry, I gotta do it. The first pick is Aiden Hutchinson. Chalk pick. It is what it is. Um, 6'7", 260 pounds, runs a four seven, plays a premier position in edge rusher, and you know. He looks like he could be a Nick Bosa or a uh, even more of a, a J.J. Watt type because he's he's the type that's going to get in the backfield and he's going to play with a giant motor and he's going to be the guy that's going to be never quit. That's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, and, and, and I like that. It's, it, it's good for him. Um, but I'm not completely sold uh, that Jacksonville is going to go this way. I think Jacksonville can pick Trayvon Walker with the first pick very easily. I think that uh, they could pick... Uh, I would have a problem with that. I think they could pick uh, Iquanu very easily. Uh, I think I, I'm not sold on... Uh, even Evan Neal. Like, I'm, I'm not sold on Aiden Hutchinson actually going first in the real draft because I just... I'm not sold on their left tackle. They have him on the franchise tag. They didn't... They didn't give him a big deal, so I'm not sold on the fact that they are not looking for a left tackle still. Uh, they're still they still need to to protect Trevor Lawrence, but I'm gonna go chalk here. Aiden Hutchinson with my first pick. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, this is a good it's a good choice. Go get a go get a beast. All right, so Jason, yeah, trenches are where you want games. Jason, it's the obvious choice. Yeah, Jason. Uh, after the the not too sexy pick, you are up representing. The Detroit Lions. With the, uh, am I? You're good, I, you're good. I was un. 
You got it. I was unsure if Tim was going to play the NFL draft sound again or not. The he's, N- he's honestly, not the, the best. N- the NFL draft he's sounds the giving, best me, at this. giving me real problems at the moment. <laughs> All right. So no NFL draft. We'll do it. The pick is in. I can press play, man. Just so behind the scenes a little bit. Jason, apparently I have to look at him. I have I have to look at him while we're while we're podcasting, and you know I, I like to look at the draft style, so I have it. I could and now you're messing me up. You messed me up. You did it. You I need to look up. into your soul. <laughs> With the second pick of this year's Brodo NFL mock draft, the Detroit Lions select defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau. Ooh. I know that there are some rumors that Malik Willis might be the pick here. I don't buy it. Malik Willis has tools but he is not that slam dunk. You need to draft this guy quarterback. If he was, and a lot of people would be trying to trade up for him. Instead, all rumors suggest that teams want to trade back in this draft. In fact, there are some anonymous scouts that have said they only think there's 15 people with first round grades in this draft. So this is more of a find value in the second to fourth round type draft instead of a go get those guys in the first. And I think Malik Willis falls into that bucket. He has a big arm. He could run a little bit. But I think that it's easy to forget that Josh Allen is an exception um, to the rule that those toolsy quarterbacks often don't work out. Um, and I'm not convinced that Malik Willis is, gonna, is the guy for Detroit when they have so much that they need to improve on. Uh, instead, I think Dan Campbell's going to want to work in the trenches and get a bad record again this year before getting a quarterback and actually taking advantage of that rookie contract at 6'4", 254. Thibodeau falls into that bite your kneecap, Dan Campbell mentality. He was the number one high school recruit, lived up to it right away. This guy had nine sacks as a freshman in college, uh, continued to be great in 2020 and 2021, went on the field. This guy could be a game-changing edge rusher, and I think Detroit is going that way. Yo, I might be crazy, but he reminds me of like, one of those toolsy edge rushers, you know what I mean? That, like, I can't even, I, I don't know, man. I, I get Quentin Copel's vibes from Kayvon Thibodeau because I, I don't like it when I, there's a, there's a, two, I don't like it when there's a, where's a guy that I have to, I have to question his motivation on snap to snap. Nah, t- there is, Thibodeau is, there is no much, question about Thibodeau's motivation. Yeah. He, that's, and he's I've watched that kid play every snap of his career. <laughs> I'm a Ducks fan. Like okay. I've watched that kid play every snap of his career. He's the best, and he's much stronger than fucking Copels ever was. All right, I mean, if that's the case, I that I hear that he takes some some uh, plays off, but I didn't scout him. I'm not a scouter, so I trust Matt more than these other talking heads out here. That's for damn sure. Um, Matt, okay, Matt's changing my mind on Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, you're I up love next. KT so much. So two guys off the board, and you got Houston, who Houston is in a position where they basically need everything. So what are you going to give? What do you give the team that needs everything? Well, I kind of prefaced it with uh, the way that I like to build, you know, a, a team for elongated success from the NFL level is, is you start from the trenches and you work your way up. Um, Houston has Laramie Tunzel on a really long contract, but he's kind of a questionable piece of the franchise. He still holds top three um, tackle value in the NFL. And I could see them easily wanting to capitalize on that value. So I'm going to bring Evan Neal from Alabama to Houston. Uh, Neal's a mammoth of a human. 
He's six, eight North of three fifty. His play weight is around three seventy, three seventy five, And he has agility of somebody that weighs half that much. Um, he can line up on either side too. So even with Tunzel still in town, if they wanted to keep him around, I think Evan Neal can just shift to the right side and become this absolute mauler. Um, and with the way that defenses are starting to put their edge rushers on against weaker tackles as well, he's a phenomenal pass blocker. So, you know, you're starting to see right tackles kind of need to hold that left tackle role a little more. Um, he played every snap of Alabama's 2021 season and allowed just two sacks, five QB hits and eight pressures on 1,073 snaps. And that's all against SEC defenses. So this whole like adjust for conference and like, you know, and you could even say that about Kayvon Thibodeau is he looked like that in the Pac-12. So there is a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe something to say negatively about the competition that that an edge rusher like KT was against, but you can't say that about Evan Neal and the competition that he was against. And to allow just two sacks and over a thousand snaps is essentially unheard of at the collegiate level. Matt, so that's it. Matt, I, I agree with this pick hundred percent. I think you're right on, on on point here. I think this is the I think Evan Neal's the best player in the draft. If if I'm looking at if I'm just looking at everything, like who's gonna be definitely a great player. Of all these players, I think Evan Neal is the most guaranteed to be a great player. And, you know, Matt came in savage because he could have done hashtag for the brand and let me have my exact Jets draft. But no, he said, I'm going I'm going with what I want to, to give the people. This is what I want. So he's putting it. So he's putting the, the people, putting the people first. So I'm going to have to pivot. And I'm staying with the theme of building elite. Units because the Jets drafted Makai Becton. Now Becton did miss last most of last season, um, but had a great rookie season at left tackle. They have Elijah Vera Tucker. They just signed Lincoln Tomlinson from the 49ers, the guard. So I'm trying to build out this unit. I don't want okay, this is kind of a decent unit now, uh, so we can move on to a different. No, I'm trying to build a bomb squad, and the way you build a bomb squad is to get more bombs. Uh, so I'm taking Iki Iguanu, Iquanu, excuse me. Um, he's a left tackle, but you know we're gonna shift him over to right tackle in this world. I think he could do it. He's an athletic guy. You know, six. Uh, um, excuse me, six four three ten, and ran a sub five forty. He ran four point three nine. He's got big limbs, so even though he's six four uh, and Evan Neal six seven, so that seems like a really big size difference. Uh, he makes up for it with those limbs. He's rumored to be a great locker room guy, and he's a bit raw. But you know what? Maybe that works out for our favor because we're shifting him over to right tackle, so we can kind of build on his his little you know rawness because he's great in the run. He's a mauler, as they say, uh, but he needs a little work in the in the footwork and the pass protection. So I'm trying to build this offensive line out, and I've got Mystery Kwanu going to the Jets here. Uh, the New York theme continues. Jason, you're up next with the Giants. Uh, so I feel like here now at this point in the draft, it's like, all right, who's going where? Like no one really knows anything. I feel like every mock draft on earth is going to be wrong from here on out. Uh, so I'm going with someone who I think it makes sex makes sense here. Oh, oh he also not makes sex. He also makes he, sex with the nickname sauce. He probably makes some nice sex. <laughs> uh, he's going to be rich <laughs> and his name is going to be sauce. He's going to be making sex all over the place. <laughs> yes. With the fifth pick, the New York Giants select cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. <sighs> uh, not not typically the school you hear uh, 
top 10 drafted cornerback come out of. But this guy is just a complete beast. Yeah, or anything, really. Uh, Travis Kelsey. People here in Cincinnati, they just yell Travis Kelsey and don't know anyone yeah. else that everyone <laughs> That's true. But Gardner has allowed 96 yards in the past season. That's it. 96 the entire season. Never allowed a touchdown in his college career. Whoa. He's 6'3", 200 with 4'5 speed. Uh, I've read some scouts of that have compared him to Jalen Ramsey. Whoa. Every year in college, he's had at least three interceptions. He looks like he has everything to be the real deal. And with Brian Dayball in um, in New York now, where he'll mostly be focused on the offense, and they have a decent amount of weapons there, like they have Saquon, Tony, Galladay. Daniel Jones isn't the answer, but they're riding with him one more year. I think Dayball is going to want to get his Tredavious White on the other side of the ball like he had in Buffalo. Uh, and for that reason, the Giants get Ahmad Sauce Gardner. They miss Tredavious White. Um, they, yeah. they definitely miss him. In the playoffs. Hundred percent. Yeah. Matt, you're representing, I think, Ooh. the most interesting pick in this draft. I think this six pick, you know, there's so many different ways this number six pick can know can go that can have ripple effects that ripple through the entire draft. And I think this is Ripple, the, ripple, ripple. Yeah, just I think this is the, the X Factor pick. So we got our X Factor yep. here, Matt picking it. So can Matt, I let me cut you guys off one oh second? My God, you were just you because just, you and Michael have a knack for every time I'm in the middle of a fire it's not transition. How it works. You Fuck just, your like, transition. Come right through and and, <laughs> and like and when I suck at a transition, like I'll stumble through and you guys just sit there quietly. Yes. When I impressed by you, I cut you off. When yeah. you're stupid, I make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just want like all right, all right this. That, that, this, this, this so see, I did want to add silence. a caveat. That we did not do trades in this mock draft, but there's rumors that a lot of teams want to trade back, right? And there is a little rule in the NFL book that says if you do not draft in time, you don't lose your pick. You just pick whenever you want to. So like another team could give in their card, and then if you had the sixth pick, you got jumped one, and now you have the seventh pick. That happened yep. recently. So what? Yeah, yeah, it did. So what happens if people just don't want to pay the draft slot price? And a bunch, like it will never happen. But a bunch of teams just don't pick. It's a lawyer ass brain right there. Somehow the Chiefs hop to like pick fourteen because no one wants to pay the fourteenth slot price for someone they don't think is worth it. It would be crazy. Jason, you're the only human being on earth that would ever think like that. That that goes into his uh his I'm not purposefully tanking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good go. point, but I just don't think anyone's ever thought of it. Uh <laughs> no, I I don't think like to to be realistic, it, it's certainly a possibility, like in the sense of of like the way that teams like to shave cap space. Um, there's a lot of loopholes in the NFL, and that's one of them that we've just never seen exercised. And I don't think anybody would because there's gonna be somebody that wants that slot, regardless of how good or how strong a class is somebody some gm in the nfl wants a slot ahead of the one that he has already yeah yeah every gm does really right so there's always going to be somebody that'll pay a little bit of something even if like that became a norm somebody would give you a seventh round pick to move up that one spot like that would just um yeah (laughs) maddie so as so assuming that the panthers make their pick boom transition yeah (laughs) who are they getting (laughs) Well, and I think you kind of set me up with saying like the Panthers might want to be moving back here. Um, I don't think there's speaking of like 
15 players potentially having a first round grade throughout the entire class. I don't think there's a quarterback that has a top 15 grade at all. Um, and, you know, Jason said it with Malik Willis. He's somebody that I really love for fantasy and especially in Superflex dynasty leagues, super high asset, uh, going to hold value throughout his rookie season, regardless of production. Great. But I don't think that the Panthers should be using this level of capital in a type of draft that is super top heavy and really, really like elite talent on the line in the trenches on the defensive side. Um, and then on the offensive side in the later rounds is where you start to see more depth and more prospects being more closely valued to one another. Um, all of that meandering is going to lead to me taking Charles Cross at a Mississippi state uh, do it all tackle for Carolina. It kind of goes into that theme that I was speaking about before we started mocking. And that's, Carolina is not in a position to win now, regardless of what type of quarterback talent they bring in. They do have a strong and young offense. CMC should be able to maintain maybe not elite production, maybe not CMC level elite production, but very top end production for at least a couple more years. And what would help him maintain that production is if you kept him healthy behind one of the best offensive lines and one of the best offensive linemen in the draft class. So I don't want to see them take a QB and then just win four games again. Like, especially with a QB talent that is potentially coming in next year, why not just get pick six again, add a little bit of an asset in 2023 and move up to that one spot to get CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young and truly change your franchise around. So that's my pick. That, that's, but that's what I'm saying. The quasi tank. Yes, I agree with you, but I also think, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. and I know Jason's going to say, this is going to be Jason's response to this. Shut up. I don't think Sam Darnold's done. I don't think oh I don't think Sam Darnold's done. This guy had not he would have if if Sam Darnold had come out this this year, he would have been the number 1 quarterback coming out by far. And on top of that, he's only 1 <laughs> year older than Sam Howell. 1 year older. He's only 1 year How older. How many years of scrubness do you need to see? Who gives a Bro, fuck? This guy if, as a prospect years, this he would guy, have been the first quarterback off the board bro, this year. This oh, guy, he's a better prospect than Malik Willis? I don't care. We already know that he sucks. Guys, no. He might have the tools and intangibles, but we know that it didn't come together. That's not he true. Sucks. We, don't, we don't know that. He had two years of Adam Gase, three years of Adam Gase, and then a year where his offensive coordinator got fired in week 10. Oh, my goodness. Bro. And he was injured my in all goodness. those years. Bro, like, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, the Panthers are stupid, too. Fucking Joe Brady and Matt Rule are going to run the world just because they know how to call a fucking cool play in college every <laughs> once in a while. All right. I want to go on the record and say that I do not think Sam Darnold should be the quarterback of Carolina <laughs> anymore. But I'm also, yeah, I guess quasi tank, whatever you want to call it. But it's also Baker Mayfield, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, just go get somebody that's better than Sam Darnold for super cheap because these guys are essentially like their teams have deaded their value so much that you're not going to have, if, if there is a Baker Mayfield trade, if there is a Jimmy Garoppolo trade and it will probably be either in the draft or post draft during like, you know, preseason and OTAs, if that trade is going to happen after, after the draft, after everybody has their quarterbacks and the players that they want to build futures around, like you're not going to get more than a fourth round pick from them. So go get Jimmy G. You already don't have, damn matt was on a roll there and then and then into and then the, the freaking the connection went do you remember where you were i don't remember where you were uh, you're on a roll somewhere about 
somewhere about fuck just Sam go Darnold. and get Jimmy G. Yeah, and fuck Sam Darnold. Uh, exactly. Well, I think I think both of you are crazy for thinking that Jimmy G is an upgrade for the for the Carolina Panthers franchise. I do, because genuinely, because if come oh, on, man. it's either it's either it's either Sam Darnold is actually good or he actually sucks, and then you get the first round first overall pick next year. What is Jimmy G gonna do for you? Um, Bro, let's just let's just talk anyway. about quarterbacks who actually have a shot at being good. Next, All right? next. All right, so here's so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna say who's gonna pick, and then you say the name first before we start explaining. Then I could play the music. All right, we probably should have went over that before, but you know what? Sometimes on the fly, you gotta be there. Just gotta do it. All right, so I am representing the New York Giants, and my pick seventh overall is Trayvon Walker. That's right. Trayvon Walker, 6'5", 272 pounds, runs a 4.5140. He was a five-star recruit. He was a football and basketball star. He had six sacks last year for a defensive end, not great, but he's an insane athlete, and we're betting on upside here with the Giants, and really this comes down to I'm trying to build beast-ass units and if i'm the giants i already have a pretty decent defense it's not the best i added sauce gardner to my secondary to replace james bradbury's bum ass one of the things that one of the things that really was like like the most annoying thing on twitter this year was giants fans acting like fucking james bradbury was darrell revis it was the one of the most annoying things that was a good corner he was he was a decent corner (laughs) one year in his entire career And and then he sucked. Surprise, surprise. But anyway, um, with Ahmad Gardner coming back, and then Trayvon Walker. Now you have a guy who listen. He may need some time. He's raw, but this guy is a super athlete. And when you have a super athlete like that, and you have these two draft picks, this is where you take a chance on a guy like this. And he played against the the toughest competition, and you know only six sacks, but um, was a disruptor in the run game and. Has just all the tools, so I think if I'm the Giants, I'm I'm trying to make this. De- I'm trying to win with defense, especially because I see that there's an opening in this division. Like the the division is not great, especially the quarterbacking in the division is definitely not great outside of Dak Prescott, who you know had his own issues last year with inconsistency. So um, yeah, I'm going with Trayvon Walker here. All right, now that the Giants have their two picks, it is time to move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Jason before Jason yeah, go ahead go ahead before Jason yeah <laughs> there I just got to give one more little jab in, in one we're seeing uh, a lot of betting books Vegas books have Trayvon Walker to be the first edge and potentially even the first pick off the board and I know he's an incredible athlete but I think that's absolutely insanity hmm. I, there's no way that that kid goes ahead of Hutch or ahead of KT like KT has more hurries sacks and QB pressures in his freshman season at 17 than Trayvon Walker had in his entire collegiate career. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, wow. Uh, but, you know, he's one of those guys who you just look at him and you're like, holy mother of God, he's a he's a super athlete. And the NFL never does what I want it to do. <laughs> so he very well could be. I'm not saying it's like it's not going to happen. I'm saying I think it's crazy. But, but like, what's Hutch and KT aren't super athletes? <laughs> no, they definitely they are. are exactly. Yeah, they yeah. definitely are. But I think that's why I think I think seven's a good spot for him. All right, so Jason, you're up next. You are representing the Atlanta Falcons, and with the eighth pick in the in the 2022 Brodo NFL mock draft, the Atlanta Falcons 
Select. Say it now, man. What are you doing? I thought you said you're supposed to. I, I'm confused what you're doing with the music. Cornerback, uh, yeah. Derek Stingley. <sighs> On the topic of beast units, the Falcons can pair AJ Terrell with Derek Stingley and have a fucking awesome secondary for years to come. Like You'd never score. <laughs> insanely awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We all know how important cornerbacks can be in the NFL these days in this pass happy offense. Atlanta hit a hit a home run with AJ Terrell, so why not try to double that up? Six foot one ninety at LSU, Stingley is compared to Stephon Gilmore by Lance Erline. Uh He was a five star recruit out of high school, just like uh, Thibodeau was, and just like Thibodeau, he was great as a true freshman. Had six interceptions, two of them in the SEC championship game. Doesn't shy away from the spotlight. Uh, he's the he's the child of football players. His grandson was his granddad was a first round receiver for the Patriots. His dad played in the Arena Football League. This guy is just a football person, and you see it on the field. He has elite speed, elite ball skills. If the Falcons have AJ Terrell and Stingley, their secondary is unbelievable. And then next year, when Calvin Ridley returns and whatnot, then they could focus on improving our offense. I- Matt, does it concern you his in, his injury? And this is a guy that definitely like I saw it with my own two eyes. Who two eyes? He has a questionable motor. He takes and plays off. Dude, what do you? Yeah, he's that that that's something that is de- like in his scouting profile. Kind of people are aware of, and and that's why I mean, not to give away later picks, maybe, but that's kind of why some people have Andrew Booth Jr. even as potentially the third corner or you know third or fourth corner off the board so yeah there's it's it's a great pick and i think it's a great fit um and those are also things like it's it's a little tougher when to kind of analyze that motor on secondary guys because there's like you know when you're the lockdown corner you're gonna spend 90 snaps not getting targeted you know, so it's it. There is a little something to be said with that, like, and you can see kind of guys get lackadaisical in that because they're so comfortable being not looked at by the offense. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. So speaking of secondaries, foreshadowing, uh, Matt, you are up next, and you represent the Seattle Seahawks. So with the ninth, ninth, right, ninth pick. In the NFL Brutal Fantasy Mock Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Boom. Matt nailed that, Jason. You suck. Matt rules. All right, Matt. Uh, why Trent McDuffie? Why Matt Rule? Uh, he just, Matt Rule just, uh, <laughs> just, just, just picked. Terrible, <laughs> terrible joke. That was, that was, a, that was better than usual for oh! Jason's joke, joke ceiling. So, ba boom. Boom. <laughs> Damn. Um, I love it. This is this is kind of one of those picks that I think it more so mimics real life than necessarily what I would want to do with this pick or, or the specifically the prospect that I like more. But they have a lot of eyes on McDuffie. He's a home homegrown. <laughs> yeah, he's a homegrown like prospect. He's from the state. They want to keep him in state. They get to kind of start rebuilding that Legion of Boom. Um, he's super long, super quick. He can break up passes from afar where it kind of seems like the wide receiver has separation when he really doesn't. Um, he's got that like type of body control that you talk about with elite wide receivers where he can time that pinpoint 
of attack when the ball is coming into the catch point. Um, yeah, he, he only allowed 16 catches on 36 targets for 111 yards with no touchdowns uh, in all of 2021. And he's never allowed more than 39 yards in a game in his final season, his full season as a starter. Uh, only two deep receptions his entire career. So he's only ever allowed two catches over 20 yards, <laughs> which like, that's the guy that you want when you're looking at that's Seattle great. and the way yeah. that they've, they've built successful teams. It's certainly been from the defense and it's, it's been from the run game. And I, I do think that Pete Carroll is on his way out, but this also gives like the fans something to cheer for. It gives the next organizational management, something that they can really you know, fall back on. And he's not like, not like if they pick a quarterback here and, and try and run it back or, or try and kind of just replace Drew Locke immediately, that quarterback probably doesn't have much job security when the next management takes over. So I think this is a good pick for them to be able to actually have something to work with in the future outside of the Pete Carroll era. Yeah. I like this pick for them. I, I think also, you know, you're going to have to build an elite defense if you're going to, you, cause you're not going to have an elite offense this year. I just have to take that. Um, yeah, I like to pick here. Uh, let's go over to the next pick, and that is pick number 10, with which I just happened to get my New York Jets twice. Just happened to be there. Um, now, you know, I just wrote an article on uh, BrotoFantasy.com and on the BrotoFantasy app, Cheap Plug, where I put the Jets' perfect draft together. And, you know, Matt held me back from the perfect draft because he took Evan Neal, but I got Ikemaquanu, so I'm okay with that. Uh, at to to play right tackle opposite of of Mackay Becton, who has has injury risks, so it's also a depth move because if he still stays injured, then you could play Aquanu at left tackle and you could play George Fan at right tackle as as he's been doing. But nonetheless, um, my second guy he didn't steal from me, and that is the first wide receiver off the board in what seems to be a wide receiver class. This is my guy. This is my this is my wide receiver. The more I, uh, the more I look at Jameson Williams, the more I like him. But this is my wide receiver. I'm not even following my own rules. With the tenth pick, I representing the New York Jets select wide receiver Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Look, Garrett Wilson is the best receiver in this class. Although I'm not gonna lie, Jameson Williams has a lot of Julio Jones in him, and he, Jameson Williams is a Someone I'm keeping an eye on. But for now, Garrett Wilson is the best wide receiver in this class. And I think that he has every tool you need. Yes, he's a little small. He's a little undersized. He weighs uh, under 200 pounds. You like your wide receivers to be a little uh, over 200 pounds. But, you know, smooth and silky and skinny is kind of this the new wave in the NFL. You got C.D. Lamb. You got uh, Justin Jefferson. You got these, these guys who are number one receivers who aren't the biggest guys. Terry McLaurin. These guys who aren't the biggest dudes, but are getting open. DJ Moore, right? Wide receiver is the only position where you can be an alpha at 5'8", and you can be an alpha at 6'5", right? It's really the only position that is like that. So, I think Garrett Wilson can be that alpha receiver. Uh, he's the best pure receiver in the class, great route runner, gets open. He demands the rock, which is what I love. He's playing with Chris Olave, who's going to be a first-round pick, and he's playing with Marvin Harrison Jr., who's probably going to be a first-round pick, and another guy at Ohio State that I can't remember his name. Matt, what's his name? Jackson Smith and Jingba, who will definitely be a first-round pick. Yes, the best of the <laughs> bunch. might be the first overall pick. The best it, of the it, bunch. Legit, man. So, yeah. like, he demanded the ball 
from those guys. So yeah, I have confidence in him demanding the ball uh, in an NFL on an NFL team, and his reception perception numbers. And Matt Harmon is a guy that we really like on this show. Um, are outstanding. Uh, he is literally this entire route tree is him winning at obscene levels at everything everything is is green and green is uh an, an elite winning all the time route there uh, to give you an example of what we're talking about here Garrett Wilson went at, ran a nine route uh 20 percent of his routes right that's a straight go route a nine route right he won the nine route 60.7 percent of the time that means for every 20 times this guy ran down the field he beat the corner 12 times on top of that, he did that on every single other fucking route too, not just the nine route. Like it's just because people are saying that Garrett Wilson can't, isn't the speed receiver. Like the rest of these guys are home run threats. Garrett Wilson is a home run threat too. He is the most complete receiver in this class, and that's why I think that he should be the first one off the board. And I am ecstatic as the GM Joe Douglas and Joey Trust hashtag and Joey Trust, the GM of the Jets, uh, in drafting Garrett Wilson here with the number ten pick. I think a wide receiver to number 10 is, if I could bet, like, a lot of money on that, I would. Although, it's, you can't bet freaking stupid-ass draft props in New York for whatever stupid-ass freaking law reasons. But if you could, I would put a lot of money on wide receiver to 10. I'm just not w- sure which one. That is, I'm, I'm guessing that silence means, Tim, you have just done the greatest job in the history of jobs with that draft pick. Actually... Um, instead of volume, I clicked the play button and then an old episode from my iTunes of Brodo started playing and I was very confused. That's my <laughs> silence. I mean, anybody that's read anything from me in the past four months knows that that's, that's the wide receiver one of this class, in my opinion. So yeah, that that's, and I do think that that, that is like Tim said, that's exactly the bet that I would make. If there was any bet that I could make in the NFL draft, it would be specifically wide receiver at pick 10 facts. All right, so now that I've done the best job at explaining anything ever, um, let's go to the next pick. Jason, you are representing the Washington Generals. Commanders. <laughs> no, it's Shane Falco. Were they? They weren't the Generals. Yes, they were, weren't they? They were the Washington Generals. No. Yes, they were. I can't remember. I think they were the Senators. Sentinels. They weren't the senator. Sentinels. 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 Ah, A combination. Teamwork (laughs) force. Damn, that would have been a good joke otherwise. Anyway, the Washington Commanders. Jason, uh, you are representing the Washington Commanders with the 11th pick. The Commanders select the first general ever. Safety Kyle Hamilton. Commander ever. (laughs) He's a general. (laughs) As a general motherfucker. Hey, he'll be a general back there. That's why they're picking him. Uh, Kyle Hamilton was honestly expected to go in the top 10, maybe the top five before the combine came. And then the combine came and he ran a four, five, nine instead of a four, four as expected. But he still had a very good broad jump. He's strong. Look, he reminds me of um, when Isaiah Simmons was coming out, because a lot of people are saying they don't know if he's going to be a safety linebacker. All we know is he's a great fucking player. And Kyle Hamilton had four interceptions as a freshman, three interceptions in seven games last year. He's always produced, and Washington needs 
a someone in that secondary to help out their defense. They're going with Kyle Hamilton. It's interesting because a lot of people are saying that safety is not a position of need, so don't draft Kyle Hamilton. But you know, forget you, positions of need, man. I agree. Take sometimes, the best player. sometimes you just have a generational like type talent kind of kind of guy. All right, Matt, you are up next uh, with the Minnesota Vikings pick. So with the twelfth pick. In the Brodo mock draft, 100% guaranteed mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings select. George Karolaftis, edge out of Purdue. Elare! Yasu! Yasu! The, the, the Greeks let me have the Greek, so I'm, I'm <laughs> running to the board to get that pickup. Uh, and I think it's probably the thing that the, the Vikings need the most in the, in the first round is, is a solid edge rusher that's going to set their defense for the next six to eight years. Uh, he's a versatile player. He can do essentially everything. He's a great, uh, great in pass rush, great in run rush. Um, he played 49 snaps at least in every single one of his games. So from the moment that he came to Purdue, he was a plug and play player. And I think he's basically going to be the same thing in the NFL. I, I, it's so strange because when I'm listening to, to some players, some people say this guy's for sure, like top 10 talent. And then I hear some people say second round. You know, so he's there somewhere, uh, but it would be mm -hmm. an interesting fit here for Minnesota in their new regime's um, first regime um, situation. All right, that was a terrible. All right, with the 13th pick, it's the Houston Texans with their second pick, and we're going with Beast Units. With the 13th pick, the Houston Texans select defensive tackle Jordan Davis. <laughs> if you remember the name Jordan Davis, you remember he had the greatest combine in the history of combines. 6'6", yep. 341 pounds, and ran a 4.7840. Repeat, 341 pounds moving at 4.7. To give you just an example, Trayvon Walker, who's a ridiculous athlete, he's he is 70 pounds heavier than Trayvon Walker and runs literally one footstep, 0.2 seconds slower than him. That is scary. And a lot of people just know him from the draft. I mean, from the, from the combine. But this guy is a fucking baller. When he was a junior, he was second team All-SEC despite missing time with injury. As a senior in his last season, he was an All-American. He was all SEC. He won the Chuck Bernardick Award for best defender in college football. And he won the Outland Trophy for best lineman in college football. This is a decorated motherfucker who played for Georgia who is a fucking beast. And he's the best player to ever be in the combine. Why isn't he in the running for, for top 10? I don't even understand this. To me, I'm Houston. I have a need everywhere. I'm going for whoever the fuck is the number one athlete, number the guy who can be the best, and this is the guy who is maybe like 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 what is stopping people from taking this guy? I don't understand. Matt, can you explain what is stopping people from you? taking him? Yeah. Do you want me to tell you? Tell me. He's a two down interior defensive lineman that yeah. can only really that's play in thing. four that's, three sets. Yeah, yeah but I mean <laughs> exactly. that's what that's what Quinton Williams was, and he went with the fourth overall pick a few years ago. And it was yeah, a no, bad pick. I, <laughs> I think it's I think it's really stupid to put high draft capital into a DT. And Aaron Donald's the only game changer. 
and he's now a def- an edge rusher. Like the, yeah. he just switched. I mean, Aaron Donald's a defensive lineman. You yeah. call him a defensive tackle if you want. The guy's a defensive lineman. He'll line up anywhere. And Jordan Davis absolutely has the athleticism to do so, but his skill set has not developed into a position where he can yet. So if you're drafting him to be Jordan Davis, you're putting him in a 4-3 or 3-4 rather nose tackle position, and he's coming off during pass snaps. Boring. <laughs> but All he's right. but like I I'm talking positively about that. Like that that being said, he still deserves that top 10 draft capital, top mm. 15 draft capital, I guess is where we're at, right? Like absolutely he does. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. If he can Aaron Donald it though, all of a sudden this is where Aaron didn't Aaron Donald go 13th? I think somewhere like that. If he can Aaron, he if he could become Aaron Donald, I know somewhere that might too be, late. Yeah, I know that might be too much to ask. 10. But yo, if you're looking at Aaron Donald, it, it, the if you can get pressure from the interior defensive line throughout the history of the NFL, that has been a game changer. Like I, the first people that come to mind are the Giants, but when they won both their championships, like with the NASCAR package, like when you get interior pressure, you see, you hear DT, you think run stopper. I'm not saying Will Fork is probably his. Vince Wilfork is probably the ceiling, but Vince Wilfork is also a Hall of Famer. When they had and Wilfork, if he can sniff that ceiling, then that I mean, yeah, <laughs> worth worth fifteenth, I think, or fourteenth rather. All right, let's go to the let's go to the next pick, Jason. You are representing the Baltimore Ravens, and with the fourteenth pick in the Brodo Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select offensive lineman Trevor Penning. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about Wild. a beast. That's confused by this one. But if you look anywhere, this guy is shooting up draft boards. Northern Iowa offensive tackle, not a lot of people know about him, but he is 67325 and he moves pretty smoothly. That boy. He ran a 48940 which would be very impressive if we didn't just hear about the motherfucker who ran a 4740. Uh, <laughs> And Trevor Penning has a 9.96 relative athletic score, 9.96. This is a scale that's measured 0 to 10, measures athleticism relative to height, weight, stuff of that sort. So he is just an athlete at all levels. And I know he didn't play the best competition at college, but he is a beast who has shown the ability to be able to transfer his skills to the NFL level. And I think that a team like Baltimore can get the best out of him. They have Ronnie Stanley returning they signed Morgan Moses Moses to play a guard fuck Mo- he, he eh, <laughs> Bradley Bozeman left at center if you're if you're the Ravens and you think you have the team that's ready to go all the way and you could bring back Ronley Stanley as your tackle and bring in Trevor Penning to play a guard or tackle position as well and you just really improve your offensive line for this season you can look towards the Super Bowl uh, so I think that's the approach that Baltimore should take I like it, especially because, uh, you know, they got the fifth-year option coming up on Lamar Jackson. It looks like Lamar Jackson is going to take the Kirk Cousins route and uh, just take some guaranteed franchise money and then sign a long-term deal. Um, I know one of my future teams is is dying inside right now from that pick. Um, Matt, you are next up representing the 15th. Oh, yeah, you know them very well, Matt. (laughs) Representing the 15th pick, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Select Drake London, wide receiver, USC. Oh, the second wide receiver. 
off the board. Uh, tell us why, Matt. You sound like you're from London. I mean, I was something that I kind of joked to you guys about off air is I, I, the the Eagles have never taken a lot. There's a really polarizing linebacker prospect that's creeping up these boards right here. But the Eagles have never drafted a linebacker in the first round in the entire history of the franchise, and I do not think they're going to begin today or well thursday um so it's a wide receiver again for the eagles in the first first round sorry that jalen rieger didn't work out fans but drake london is the real deal um his 2021 season was ended shortly i mean all of his seasons have been ended shortly for one reason or another rather whether it be injury or covid19 regulations but he only got to play in eight games due to an ankle fracture uh but in those eight games he led usc in virtually every single receiving category, whether it be advanced analytic or just counting stats. He had 88 catches or 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns in just eight games. He's a massive athlete. Um, There's a lot of complaints about his quote unquote separation skills, but a lot of that comes when Jackson Dart is throwing you lame ducks 20 yards below the point of attack that they're supposed to be. So you have to come back to the ball with two defenders on your ass. So I I think London's separation skills are kind of a product of how bad his quarterback play was. And then that should just be something to be said about how productive he was with a kid that can't hit the broadside of a red barn. I am. uh... So you think Dart is a good quarterback prospect? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I mean, Dart transferring from USC to Ole Miss is going to be his downfall. Like he's if he can't handle Pac-12 defenses, what is he going to do against the SEC, man? Well, it's, it's a good point for Drake London. Uh, he's a really interesting prospect to me because when you see him, when you see him play, it's just like, yeah, this guy, this makes guy, this guy makes sense. But at the same time, he's very Mike Evans, where he, I think his his potential is capped. He's not going to be like a top five wide receiver, but he'll he he has the potential to be like in the top fifteen for like six seven years. So I think that's what you're getting when it comes to to Drake London. Um. All right, let's go to our la- our last pick of this episode. Um, we are going to number 16, and I have the 16th pick. And with the first of New Orleans' two draft picks, the New Orleans Saints, come on, noise, represents, I mean, <laughs> pick wide receiver Jameson Williams of Alabama. <sighs> now, listen, the plan was Trevor Penning. Yeah, that's you, what we all wanted. And Jason, you shit all over that play. <laughs> shit that's on why, it. That's why, I, that's why I got on his ass about that being a terrible pick. So, <laughs> and it, Matt, a Saints fan, by the way, if you guys didn't know. So, if you are are looking at the situation, if you're the Saints, right, you are in a position where you have a really good defense, and you got Jameis back at quarterback. So you need to not only plan for this year, you need to plan for the future as well, and you need to you need to set. Uh, people up for success and you have Mike Thomas but you know there's been problems with Mike Thomas Jamison Williams is going to have he's going to need time he's going to miss the first six seven weeks he tore the ACL in the national championship game but when he plays man this guy looks like Julio Jones on the field he's a couple inches shorter but when I see him I can't help but think he has that explosion but it's not just the explosion that gets me. He's not just like a Henry Ruggs type. He's He can run routes. He can go after the catch. He has all the tools you need to be an elite wide receiver. And when you watch him play, it stands out on the tape. I do want to add, there is one thing that concerns me, is that he was a 
transfer. He was originally at Ohio State, and then he went to Alabama, which, you know, I just went over the Ohio State room. There's four NFL prospects in that room. So the fact that he couldn't break through is why I'm not going to put him over a guy like Garrett Wilson who demanded targets in that exact same offense. So, but I love what I saw at Alabama, and I'm, I'm worried about the knee, but, you know, it's 2020. I mean, it's 2022, and, you know, medicine has gone a long way when it comes, to, especially when it comes to ACLs. So, yeah, Jameson Williams is my pick here for the Saints. Uh, how do you feel about that, Matt? You're the, you're the resident Saints fan. How are you feeling? I am. Uh, I would like the Saints to get a wide receiver. That was the pending pick for me, and I certainly don't think that they moved up. Uh, if you guys remember, they had 18th and they moved up, um, and I don't think that they did that to take a quarterback. The teams that are ahead of them in that spot are Philly and the Chargers, and those teams are absolutely not drafting a quarterback. So this move up from the Saints is definitely to get their number one wide receiver prospect or, like Jason ruined the plan, to get Trevor Penning, who has a perfect – PFF career pass block or run blocking grade rather perfect. He's never, he's never not won a run blocking snap. Trevor Penning is a real deal. So yeah. wow. Wow. That, that's that, I, but that's the pick. That's the pick for me. It's, it's gotta be JMO. It's gotta be JMO. He's going to tear the tops off of defenses. Winston kind of lowered his a dot last year in a, in a more refined offense where Sean Payton was trying to minimize turnovers. Um, and, and learn a more complex offense than what he had in Tampa Bay. But Jam- Jamison Winston can throw the ball 75 yards flat-footed. Like, the guy's got a cannon. And if you put Jamison Williams <laughs> with Jameis Winston, then that's a recipe for success with that defense on the other side of the ball. Say that 10 times. Get fast. out there, ACL tear, and yeah, tear it up. That's a difficult one. Jamison, 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 Jamison. <laughs> to speak of the, the ACL tear, um, he's way ahead of schedule. He's way ahead of schedule and videos came out either this morning or like late yesterday of him running gauntlets and, and running Good job by his agent. And yeah. Well, it's, it's a, obviously a, there was a plan to that, right? It's two days before the draft. They know what they're doing. Yep. Uh, I gotta say humans have gone through an evolution in the last few years where ACL injuries don't matter anymore. Uh, you're gone for like, you're like for seven months and then you're back and good as new. All right. Um, that is the end of this episode if you want to catch picks 17 through 32 please join us on patreon.com slash uh matt tell them where they can find you because we're on the end of this one uh you guys can find me any social media twitter instagram at psychward ff uh the lead writer in doc for brotofantasy.com the best name in the business psychward um matt ward psych ward do you get it all right uh we're out uh come join us again on patreon Peace. Later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. To catch the rest of the episode, please join us over at Patreon.com, where the rest of this episode is just one of a ton of features and extras that we offer you to help you win your leagues and dominate all season long. Also, don't forget to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is the number one, number one app for fantasy information and is the only app you need for complete and utter fantasy domination. Don't forget to follow us at, on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy and on Instagram and on TikTok. For my brothers at Brodo FF Mike, at Brodo FF Jason, our brother from another mother at Brodo FF Casanova, and me at 
BrotoFFTim. Follow us on Twitter, and we will see you next week. Later.